This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, we are still on the series, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Amen? And uh, I I love that because, um, you know, have you noticed that we live in a fallen world? Has anybody ever noticed that? That things don't work like they always should work? Uh, like our computers sometimes crashing, and so you got things that 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 break down in this in this world. You got you got people that's getting older. We have corruptible bodies, and uh, we're we're all you know battling the 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 age situation. But good thing that that our inward man is renewed every morning. Amen. Every day. But uh, we got to understand this, that we do live in a fallen world and things don't work right all the time. And so you got to you got to set yourself uh, in place if because I'm praying, I'm I'm preaching to you about not worrying and being happy. And uh, and so we got to be prepared for sometimes for the negative to happen in our lives. You know, when you have a problem that comes your way, that's the reason why God gives us faith. And faith is the reason that it's the it's the force that we use to overcome the problems in our lives. Sometimes when the problems come in our lives, we it affects our attitude. Have has your attitude ever been affected by a negative situation that hits your life? I'm going to say this to you. It's not what happens to you. It's what happens in you that counts. And we got to get a revelation that everything that we're dealing with in this life is temporary. Look at your neighbor and say, it's temporary. And so it's temporary situation. It's only for a momentary. Even if we live this life to 100 years of age or 120, if you're shooting for 120, uh, James says it's just a vapor. Our life is short. We're here today. And we're gone tomorrow. We're in heaven tomorrow. So, so just, just don't worry about what we're dealing with, the situation, because it's, it's going to pass. Glory to God. And we're going to be going to heaven. And heaven is a great place. It's a perfect place with no problems. Amen. Jesus was setting up his disciples. And we're going to John 16, 31 and 33. And he, he kept telling his disciples that, and preparing them that he was going to leave them, that, that he was going to uh, leave them uh, and uh, go to heaven. And, and, but he wasn't going to leave them by themselves. He was going to uh, uh, allow the Holy Spirit to come and dwell them so they would not ever be alone. But, but he, was, he was letting them know that he was going to the cross and, and that he would be leaving them momentarily. And, and so he was preparing them for this. And, and in, in John 16, 31 to 33, Jesus says to them this. He says, do you now believe indeed the hour is coming? Yes, has now come that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the father is with me. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace and in the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Somebody say, be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. Amen. So, so Jesus is saying, you know, uh, 
that he's going to be taken away shortly. We know that the soldiers are going to come shortly to take him to the cross. And, and, and that, you know, their response when the soldiers came in to the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, their response was that they ran in fear. And so, and so the nature of, you know, they, they never seen Jesus taken. Uh, Jesus always seemed to, he was, he was like a cat of nine lives. He was always escaping death when they were trying to come against him. They tried to throw Jesus off a cliff and he walked right through the midst of the crowd. They, they tried to uh, lynch him another time and he continued to walk through the crowds without being touched without being messed with, amen? And so, and so now, now he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and, and they're still thinking Jesus is invincible, that he's going to overcome even the soldiers. Think about this. They've never seen Jesus captured. And so they're in the Garden, and Jesus actually, he, he's the one that gave himself up, because remember when they said, who are you looking for? He said, uh, they said, Jesus, and he said, I am. The soldiers fell. The power of God knocked them down. Jesus could have called a legion of angels, amen. amen, to rescue him. But he didn't have to because he knew his father was with him. And I'm going to say this. You may be encountering some issues or some situations in your life, and you just got to realize that God is with you through the circumstances and situations. What fear will do is what happened was that when the soldiers took Jesus, the disciples ran. One person said a soldier grabbed one of the disciples' clothes and, and ripped his clothes off and he ran naked <laughs> away. In other words, fear will strip us of the glory of God. I'm preaching today. Worry will strip us of the glory of God Fear will leave us helpless in the kingdom of our Lord. Worry is an offspring of fear. And fear caused the disciples to abandon Jesus at his greatest need. Fear will always cause us to run into our cave and to keep us secluded from the world. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been down and depressed and you just wanted to stay in your house by yourself? You wanted to lock yourself in the room. You wanted just to hide. You just wanted just to lick your wounds. Am I preaching to anybody today? But see, see, fear will cause us to run into our cave like Elijah. He was in the cave. He was running from Jezebel. He was in fear of his life. And, uh, and, and, and God said to, to Elijah, why he was in the cave, why are you here? In other words, fear will keep us from doing the will of God in our lives. And we got to have faith is what keeps us going in the kingdom of God. Amen. Notice in, in, in John 20, 19, it, it says here, then the day... Evening came. This is after Jesus was resurrected, and he, and he and he's revealing himself now to the disciples because he said, "In a short while I'll leave, but in a short while I'll see you again." And so in John twenty nineteen, it says this: Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews. 
Notice this, that the disciples, after Jesus was crucified, in the process of those three days, they were in fear of the Jews. They were in a locked room. And then Jesus came, it says here, uh, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be with you. Jesus walked through a locked door, amen, because he has a glorified body and he can do those things. And he walked through that locked door and the first thing he said to his disciples that were in fear, that were in doubt, that were in worry, he said, peace be with you. So what's my point here this morning? My point is that when, when fear or doubt or unbelief or worry is attacking your life, what you need to do is get into the Word of God. The Word, Jesus is the Word made flesh. And the Word of God will always cause fear, doubt, and unbelief to leave your lives. Can I get a witness in the house today? It's interesting that Jesus kept his composure, uh, knowing his disciples would leave him in the moment of his need. And he, he acknowledged that even though his disciples left him momentarily, he said that God would never leave him. That the Father was always with him. See, see Jesus was rooted in that faith. You might have people in your life. Had you ever had anybody in your life leave you? Have you had, ever had anybody, maybe a friend that, 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 that stopped being a friend or, or maybe somebody had to move out of the area. Sometimes we have people in the church that I love and, and, they, and they're in the military and they say, Pastor, we got new orders, we're moving. And I go, oh. And they're in the church and they're being fruitful and they're being a blessing. And sometimes they move out of the way. But even though they can move, maybe even people that you love moves to heaven. Glory to God. I'm going to say this. You don't need to be in fear or worried about that because you're, you're just about ready to get to heaven and see them. So we don't have to worry about people leaving us. Amen. We don't have to. Why? Because God is with us. And God will help us. And so we don't have to worry about these things. Now, let's, let's look at this. Uh, that... Uh, in John 14, 16, and 17, I love this because Jesus came uh, to give us life and life more abundantly. He came to die on the cross, but he said it was expedient that he goes so that he could send the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit is God, and God is, is being sent into each believer. Which, and I love what it says in John 14, 16, and 17. It says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Somebody underline that word, forever. The Holy Spirit will abide with you forever. In good times, he will abide with you. In bad times, he's going to abide with you. In, in, in times of struggle, in times of weakness, he's abiding with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and he will be with and he will be in you. Glory to God. 
So you have you have a promise that even though you might be going through some issues, you might be going through some downtimes, God is with you and he's helping you to navigate through those circumstances, through those situations. Can I get an amen on that? Now, let's look at John 16, and let's look at the Amplified because I love this. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. Perfect peace and confidence. God wants us walking in peace and he wants us to be confident in him. And it says, in the world you will have tribulation. This is the Amplified I'm reading. And trials, distress, and frustration. Notice that in the world we have tribulations, trials, distress, and frustration. Anybody ever get frustrated out here? Amen. Anybody ever get in distress? Amen. Anybody ever uh, deal with any of these things? Well, well, in this world, Jesus said we're going to deal with some of these things. But he says here, take courage, be confident, be certain, be undaunted, for I have overcome the world I have, I love this, I have deprived it of power to harm you, and I have conquered it for you. Notice this, that Jesus said, I have deprived the power of the world to harm you. you got to get a revelation on that. In other words, uh, uh, in other words, in Psalms 91.10, it says, No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague Come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you. I love this. Underline this to keep you in all your ways. I'm going to say this. You can't keep yourself, but God can keep you. And I'm saying this to you this morning, that God is keeping you no matter what you're facing in this life, no matter what you're dealing with in this life. God is the keeper. He's keeping us in his love, in his love that prevails in our lives. Amen. I like what another scripture says that that God has given us power over the works of the enemy. And it's in uh, Luke 10. Uh, and he says that nothing shall any means hurt you. You have power over all the works of the enemy. You have authority. And you can take your authority when the enemy's trying to come against you. Amen? So, so, so you got to keep believing that, that God is keeping you no matter what. Say this. God is keeping me. No matter what. Amen. Now, in the series we've been talking about in Matthew 6, 25, we've been talking about Jesus was giving us really a command not to worry. And he says not to worry, and he actually says it three times in the text. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. So I, I think he really means it. And if he tells you that to not worry, then he gives you the power not to do it. I'm preaching today. If he tells you not to worry, then that means you don't have to. That means he gives you the power not to. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? In other words, if we're allowing the wrong thoughts and we're thinking on the wrong thoughts, the wrong thoughts will, will eventually get emotions on us and pretty soon we'll start acting on our worry. Somebody said worry is like a rocking chair. 
It, it creates movement, but it gets you nowhere. <laughs> Amen. And so, and so it's, it's interesting how worry will get you nowhere. In Matthew 6.25, the first uh, thing that Jesus says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So we don't need to worry about our life because the Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want. Amen. In other words, if God, if once you receive Jesus, your Lord and Savior, God becomes your shepherd. And if he's your shepherd, that means he's taking care of your needs. Glory God. And he's taking care of your wants. And I love what it says in verse five of Psalms 23. It says he will prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He will anoint our head with oil. Our cup runs over. So, so what, is, what, is, what is our shepherd doing? He's preparing a banquet table, what? For us to eat off of, glory to God. He's preparing that blessed table. So I'm telling you, you will never run dry when you have God in the midst of you. In Matthew 6, 31, he says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? So this is interesting. He focused on don't worry about your life. Now Jesus is saying, don't worry saying. So, so this passage is focused on not speaking our worries. Have you ever spoke out your worries? A lot of times what people do, they call prayer when they tell God how much, you know, some people pray this way. They pray their problems to God. God, I need this. God, I got this problem. God, I got that problem. And, and God fix it. And, uh, and so what they're doing is they're praying their problems. But, but a lot of times their problems don't change. Why? Because they're praying the problems. They need to be praying the promises. In other words, yes, there's problems, but don't keep telling God all your problems all the time. Sometimes people think prayer is rehearsing your problems to God. God already knows your problems before you even tell them. But what you need to do is start getting some scriptures, some Bible scriptures and say, I know your word says uh, that, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm in need, Lord. I need some finances. But, but, but your word says, I, I never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. Or, or uh, your word says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Well, what you do is in prayer, you take these scriptures and you say, God, I know I'm in need, but your word says that you shall supply all my needs. So I thank you that you're supplying all my needs. I thank you that you're opening doors of grace for me. Instead of rehearsing your problem over and over again in prayer, start, start speaking the promise. Can, can, can I, that's, what, that's what religious Christians do. They will, they will just confess the problem. And if you confess the problem, all you're doing is rehearsing it and it will keep you in worry. No, you need to start confessing the promise. It will get you out of worry into expectation. Am I preaching to anybody today? I'm looking at some expectant, glory to God, uh, believers in the house today. No, you're not expect, expecting for it to get worse. Hallelujah. No, you're expecting for it to get better. Why? Because the word of God promises it will get better. 
And you say, well, I don't know if it's going to get better in this life. Well, eventually you're going to be in heaven and it will be better. Amen. You're gonna, but it will get better in this life as long as you line up with the word of God. Amen. Do you believe that today? Amen. So, so I love that because he says here again, he says, therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? And so he, he's, he's focused on the saying part. In Proverbs 18, 21, it says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So, 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 so every day we have a choice to speak life-giving words or death-receiving uh, words. We have a choice. And you need to choose life. There's one song on the radio that says, choose life. And we need to choose life every day. What, what does that mean, choose life? We're choosing to speak what God says about us. We're choosing to speak what God says about our family. You know, we're choosing to speak what God says about our future. Can I get a witness now today? In Proverbs 18, 20, it says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Think about that. It says, a man's stomach shall be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth. What does that mean? That means if you speak right, you're going to eat right. (laughs) You hear what I'm saying? In other words, the fruit of your words will bring in every blessing that that we can receive from God. I remember Brother Hagin was dealing with financial issues in his life at one time. He, the Lord really prospered him in his later years, but he had to stand in faith for prosperity. And it took him some time to believe God, to walk in prosperity. And eventually, he was walking in prosperity. He was able to do a lot for the kingdom of God, give in to the kingdom of God. But it, what he, 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 at one time, his family had no food in the house and, and, they, and he said to his family, don't tell anybody we don't have any food. We're going to pray and believe God and honor God. And they prayed and somebody's going to do something. And, and not, in a short while, somebody came to the door and said, God moved on our hearts to bring you some groceries. What am I saying to you? You fear God. You honor God. God will get the supply to you. Amen. I like what it says in Proverbs 21, 23. It says, those who guard their mouths and their tongues keeps themselves from calamity. Think about that. Those who guard them out. In other words, we got to watch what we're saying. We don't want to be saying every negative thing that we think about. Do you know we live in a negative world? Do you know it's easier to speak negative than positive? It's easier to speak what's not than what is. Why? Because we're seeing it. We're, we're evaluating things. But again, just because it doesn't look like things are happening doesn't mean that God's not on the move. Mm. I'm preaching to somebody. Just because it doesn't look like things are happening doesn't mean that God's not moving on our prayer life. We know that Daniel prayed... And believe God for an answer. And the Bible said it took 21 days for the answer to come. But the Bible said that God heard Daniel on the first day. And God, God commissioned an angel to get the answer to Daniel. But there was some demonic warfare in place to keep that answer from coming. See, there is demonic warfare that's trying to keep us from receiving answers from God... 
But if you just wait upon the Lord, keep waiting in his presence, the answers will come. Can I get a witness in the house today? And I love this because because we got to get a revelation that they that wait upon the Lord, amen, shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When you wait on the Lord, the word will come and will strengthen you in that place of your deficit. I love what it says in Psalms 34. Talking, uh, it, it gives us some keys here. It says, uh, who, verse 12 through 14, who is the man who desires life? And loves many days that he may see good. I love this. Who is the man? Now, Peter actually quotes this in Peter. And so, and he's quoting it out of Psalms. So I'm going to Psalms. And it says, who is a man who desires life? How many people desire the abundant life? How many people want to see, uh, love many days? In other words, your days, your walk in the love of many days. How many people want to see good? Amen. And so he gives us the, some clues here. The psalmist gives us some clues. He says, number one, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. So you would keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Now, you may ask yourself, well, what does that mean by speaking evil? Well, well, when we're speaking things that aren't aligning up with God's word, that's evil. Can I get a witness in the house today? In other words, if we're speaking things that's like the children of Israel, when the, ten, when the 12 spies went out to, to spy out the land, 10 came back, the Bible says, with an evil report. And they said the land was good, but there's giants in the land and we can't overcome. God said that was an evil report. In other words, when you start saying, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to make it through the end of the month with my finances. I don't know if I'm going to make. It. That's an evil report. You're going to make it. You're going to make it to the end of the month. You're going to make it to the end of the year. You're going to make it to the end of your life. Why? Because God is with you. He's strengthening you. And he's, he's giving you the power to make it. Then he says here, number two, that if you want to see, desire, abundant life, love many days, see good, uh, you have to depart from evil and do good. You see, if you're going to get out of worry or fear, you have to depart from evil and do good. What, what, am I, what am I saying? If there's any areas of your life that you need adjustment in, if there's any areas of your life that's not lining up with God, where you're going to have to get that corrected. If you don't get that corrected and you keep moving in areas that don't please God, it, it's going to cause you not to have the, the faith twin benefits that's, that the, the kingdom of God provides, which is peace and joy. You're going to forfeit some of your peace, some of your joy, if there's areas in your life that's not aligning with God. It may, let me give you an example. If, there, if there's a person uh, that offended you and you're harboring ill will or bitterness, that's going to shut down the peace and joy in your life. You're going to have to pray for them. You're going to have to forgive them. I know I'm talking to somebody today. You're going to have to get your life lined up with God. If there's any area uh, that, that doesn't please God, get it right. Why? Because it will shut down the grace of God in your life. Then he says here, number three, seek peace and pursue it. So every day we need to be seeking peace with God. Not only with God, but, but the Bible says seek peace with, with other people. So we're seeking peace with God 
and we're seeking to walk in peace with others. Amen. In other words, don't allow any, any, you know, problems, especially if you're married, don't allow the arguments to overtake your marriage. In other words, you're going to have to learn to walk in love. You're going to have to learn to forgive. You're going to, you're going to, am I preaching to anybody today? And, num- and number three, it says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, uh, a sufficient of the day of its own trouble. Amen? So, so let me back up to this. Let me back, back, back up to Psalms 34. I want to read the rest of this because I think it's good. It says here, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to their cry. Notice that. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His eyes are on you. And his ear are open to their cry. The face of the Lord against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of some of their troubles. Out of all of their troubles. The Lord is near to those who are, have a broken heart and he saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many of the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers him out of them all. I love that. I just had to read the rest of that because you got to get a revelation that, that, that if, if you understand the goodness of God and you cry out to the Lord, he will deliver you out of your misery and give you a mission and a message to preach to others around you. See, see, the mess that you may be dealing with will be the message that God will give you to minister to others to help them out of their problems. You might be saying, why am I going through this problem, Pastor? Because you're going to be a, a, a solution to somebody down the road. You're going to show them how you overcame in that problem. You, you're, God's going to show you off as a victor and not a victim. Can I get a witness in the house today? That's the reason why you might be going through a process in your life. That's the reason why you might be going through some. Why? Because, because God is honing you to be a person that will be a victorious person that will help people down the road. Amen. So we don't want to worry about tomorrow because God gives us daily grace for today. See, grace is not for tomorrow. It's for today. In other words, it says in Lamentations uh, 3, 22 and 23, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercy never ceases. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. So, so, so here, I love this. this. This is saying mercy. You could say his mercy is another word can be used as grace. His grace is renewed every morning in our lives. So you could say, or, uh, you could say this, that, that every day is the first day of the rest of your life. You could also say it this way, uh, that, that every day is a new beginning in God. Amen. See, you've got to get a revelation of that because sometimes... Uh, we worry because of yesterday. What do I mean by that? We messed up yesterday. And the enemy will give you a picture of what you did yesterday. Why? And he say, well, you sowed some bad seed. You're going to reap a bad harvest. Have you ever had that? The enemy say, you, you, you know, judgment's come. Not if you repent. You can pull up those, those, those weeds those seeds of disobedience, those seeds of sin. You can, how, do, how do you pull up those seeds? By repenting, by turning away from those things, amen? 
And, and once you repent, what is God doesn't remember your sins anymore. So it's brand new. It's like a brand new day. It's like God is the God of the brand new. Can I get a witness in the, in the house today? Somebody say God is the God, God, is the God. Of, the of the brand new. Amen. I love that. And so, and so we got to get a, a revelation of this. Uh, I love the rest of Lamentations. It says, the Lord is, the por- is my portion. Uh, verse 24 to 26, say my soul. Therefore, I hope in the Lord. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. Notice this. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. Are you waiting for the Lord? Amen. To the soul who seeks him. Are you seeking the Lord? He is good to the one that should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of our Lord. See, what, 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 what he's saying here in Lamentations, he's saying that, that, that our hope in the Lord and waiting on him will open the blessings of God in our lives. See, when, the, when worry and fear comes, what it does, it can shut down our hope. Can I get a revelation in the house today? It's, a revelation is faith doesn't work by itself. You know, faith has to have two components that work with faith. Do you know what the two components are? Hope and love. Those are the two components. Faith works by love. Amen. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So what is the devil trying to do? When he's trying to get us in worry, we're in fear, so we're not really walking in love. So that shuts down part of our faith. And then when we're in worry, we're believing something bad might happen. Amen. So that shuts down our hope. And what is hope? Hope, the definition of hope is hope is an earnest expectation of good things to come. So what is the devil trying to do? He's trying to shut down our hope. He, worry, it, 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 it's, it's the same thing. Worry is an earnest expectation of bad to come. Can I get a witness in there? Faith is a positive force that allows God to work miracles in our lives. Fear is a negative force that causes the devil to work havoc in our lives. We can't afford to worry because worry will choke the word of God out of our lives. You think, oh, the word of God is powerful. It's more sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide soul and spirit, mirror and bone. It's the most powerful thing that, that we can speak out of our mouth. The word of God is amazing. But what can shut down the word of God? You may ask, worry can shut down the word of God in our life. I like what it says in, in Matthew 13. Jesus is talking about the parable of the sower. And uh, he's talking about four different types of grounds. He's talking about wayside ground or shallow ground, stony ground, thorny ground, and good ground. So he's talking, these, he's talking about that there's believers that have different types of ground, uh, which is talking about their heart, their heart condition. And so, and so he talks about this and he gives us a clue. He, and uh, that the wayside ground doesn't receive anything. The stony ground receives something for a short time, but then, then they lose it. And the thorny ground ends up other things. Let me just read this and so we can get more of a definition on this. It says here in Matthew 13, 18 through 23. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one who receives seed by the wayside. 
So you got the first ground. What, they, what, what, the, what their problem is, they don't stay in it long enough to get any understanding of the Word of God. In other words, it takes time. You know why I'm, why I'm preaching eight, series, uh, eight messages so far? I think we're on, or seven, on don't worry, be happy, because you're not going to get it the first Sunday. You're not going to get it the second Sunday. You're not going to get you, In other words, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So you have to hear it constantly before you can walk in it. Just because you hear a scripture one time, and just because you may have it memorized, doesn't mean you know it and that you're walking in it. Can I preach to somebody today? Just because you have memorization doesn't mean you really know it. You only know it if you're obeying it. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so he says here that the first soil doesn't get anything because they don't understand and they walk away. But, but he says, but he who received the seed on the stony places, this is one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Another translation says he falls away. So it says here that, that when we're standing on the word, sometimes I'll pray for people when that, at the end of the service. And I pray and the anointing's there and they get blessed, but they walk away and the enemy tries to attack them after they walk away. Or when they go home, right? Have you ever been there? And you're like, you, were, you had victory at the altar. You had victory in church, but now you're back at home. And now the symptoms are coming your way. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? What the enemy's doing, he's challenging the word. He's challenging your prayer life. He's challenging it, and he's saying, see, it's not working. It's working. God's word always works. He watches over his word to perform it. His word will never return void, but it will accomplish all that he desires for it to accomplish. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so, so he says here that they receive with joy. See, you can receive with joy, but you can, you can leave in fear. You got to keep that joy. Look at your neighbor and say, keep that joy. And keep standing on the word of God. Amen. And then this is, this is uh, the, th- the th- third soil. It says, now he who receives seed among the thorns. Uh, the second was rocky soil. You got to get the rocks out of your soil. The third is, is thorns. He, he who hears the word and notices, it says, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word and it becomes unfruitful. So he says here, the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this life can choke out the word of God. In other words, we're thinking too much about what, you know, about how are we going to make it? How are we going to get through this? How are we going to do that? How are we going to do this? And, and we're focused on all the exterior when we, could, when we should be focused on the eternal. And when we start focusing on the eternal, the exterior will take care of itself. The things out here will take care of themselves. So, so the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word. And what it, it becomes unfruitful in a believer's life. Somebody say, no care in me. No care. Amen. We don't need that care because it will choke out. The power of the word of God. Remember I just said the word of God is powerful. 
It, 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 it can do anything as long as we stand on it. But if we allow the cares to come in, it will choke it out of our lives. Amen. So, but then he says, he who is seed on good ground, he who hears the word, understands it and bears fruit and produces some hundred, some sixty, some thirty fold. So what, what, what am I saying to you today? I'm saying that you could be in some of this ground. You, you could have some shallow ground in your life in some areas. You could have some rocky ground. You've got to pull those rocks out. You, you, could, you could have some thorny ground that will cause the word to be uh, squashed out of your life. But you need to have good ground. How do you have good ground? Good ground is a heart that's receptive that believes God's word, that's ready to change when the word says change. That the, when the word says do this, you do that. It's a word and it's a ground that stays in it until you win it. It's a ground that doesn't give up. In other words, a, a, a good ground is a, is a, is a ground that, uh, that, that, that understands, hears, understands, and keeps the word. You see, you got to keep the word going in your life. You got to keep the word of God, uh, speaking the word of God, believing the word of God, not letting go of the word of God. And then eventually, as you keep standing on the word of God, then, then you will walk in the miracles that the word of God will produce in your lives. Did you receive it today? God is amazing. And I'm telling you, I'm looking at Christians that have good ground this morning. You have good ground. Why? Because you don't give up. You don't back off. You don't, you don't leave the Word. You stay in it until you see the production of it. Just like Daniel, he stayed in it until God gave him the answer. And then he had the joy of the Lord. The enemy's working against each one of us, but God is working for each one of us. And God is greater than the devil. God, the, the promise is bigger than the problem, glory to God. The Word of God is triumphant over every circumstance, over every situation that we deal with. Do you believe it today? Did you receive it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love. I thank you, Father God, oh, that you're working in each one of us. And I thank you, Father God, that we will uh, be diligent in, in thinking right, speaking right, and acting according to your word. And Father, I thank you for the precious people out here. Those are on, online watching. And perhaps you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You never confessed Jesus as Savior. Well, today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. I want to invite you to do that today. Just say this out loud and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 